Okay, welcome to our penultimate class, which is basically a review of classes 7 to 11 of uh, Journey to Self for Self. Uh, the first section of the course was called Being Human. That was classes 1 to 5, then we did a review. And then classes 7 to 11 is called Being Jewish. And that's what we're going to go through today. So this is going to be very intense high-powered Chazara. So we've, you know, we've seen the ideas, hopefully. So we'll still try and give them over in as much detail as we can, time permitting. Okay, so I did a review of the review. I did a summary of the summary, and I found out that's called a meta-summary, if you're interested in such a thing. So the meta-summary of these five classes basically boils down to six questions. The six questions that we discussed in this chalik of the course is, uh, what's the difference in a Jew and a non-Jew? What does it mean that Am Yisrael are the chosen nation? What is the Torah? What does it mean God is one? What is the purpose of creation? And what is the difference in our generation and previous generations? Kind of fundamental questions. And um, the, the the truth is, they're not wishy washy answers as well. The uh, you know with you know through the learning that we've done, Baruch Hashem, we've got real answers to these questions. And we'll, we'll let's jump in. Okay, so we gave the definition of a Jew. Yeah, the definition of a Jew. Remember, a human what? being with an neshama. Human being with an neshama, and the definition of a goy human being yeah that's it so it's interesting because what's the difference between when we talk about the human element of the jew compared to the the non-jew really what's the difference how different is it the the difference is really to give an idea it's like the difference in a trafe piece of meat and a kosher piece of meat Meaning you wouldn't be able to tell the difference in any way. It would taste the same. It looks the same. It smells the same. It costs the same, maybe. You can't tell the difference whatsoever. One's trade, one's kosher. That's literally the difference between the human element of the Jew and a non-Jew. Literally, that's the difference. So um, the, the, the real, so, so really the, the human part, is not really different. Slightly like is different, but it's not really different. For all intents and purposes, from our perspective, it's hardly different at all. Okay? We need the same kind of... Uh, we need we need to eat... You know, we, you need to eat and sleep and drink. We love. We need um, all the other things that we need. Um, that's my friend joining us. Fine. Um, and... Um, the uh, so on on a, on a human level, there really isn't much difference. What does make the difference is the fact that a Jew is shy to a nefesh or a kis, the Jewish soul. That why is that called a why? The definition of a Jew is a human being that has a nefesh or a kis. So you ask the question: Well, can't a goy have a nefesh or a kis? Well, no, because if if a goy had a nefesh or a kis, he'd be a Jew. So that's so, so what is the nefesh of the keys? So the nefesh of the keys we described, we gave two mashalim. You remember what the mashalim were for the nefesh of the keys?
Maybe just remind us. Yeah. So the, the Mashiach for the Nefesh of the Keys is, number one is a field of apples, that each apple is a Neshama. And the field is called the Shechina, Kedoshah. That, you can call that Hashem if you want, yeah? The, the field is the, uh, you know, on, on, on Shabbos, we sing Askin Yisudasen, Hakal Tapuchin, we talk about the field of apples. If you see this, you say that song for the Arizal. Yeah, that's really referring to the apples of the individual Neshamas, and the and the field itself is the Shechina. Then there's another which you could call Hashem. All intents and purposes. The other marshal, another good marshal, is when you're looking out over the ocean and it's a sunny day and you see endless, endless little um, sparkles of light. The whole, the entire place. So again, it's just they're they're, they're just reflections from the sun, and in the marshal, the sun is a shem. So really, the Jew is the human is a human being that has shaykh to it, him, her, a. a, a Peace of God, whatever that means. But that's that's really what it is. So so there's an aspect of the Jew that is not of creation. It's of creator. That's very important. So a Jew is the being that bridges the gap between creation and creator. Why? Because you are of creation, but you're also of creator. So you are the one. We are the one. We're like the glue. We're the glue that stick creation to creator. That's how fundamental Amisrael is. Okay? So he described the purpose of a human being to use their mind. What The difference between a human and an animal, basically, is intellect. Okay? That's what makes a human being human. He's called a medabe, that he speaks, and that's to do with intellect. So what makes a human being human is that he has intellect. So the human being, not the Jew, the human has a um a chiv, how do you say that? A obligation to use his or her intellect to come to a recognition of other human beings. That's the purpose of the non-Jew. That that's their personal purpose to come to the recognition that other human beings really exist. And a very, very worked out human being will get will come to the conclusion that other human beings exist more than he does himself or she does herself, that they care more about other human beings than they do for themselves. Okay? That's a very elevated human being, okay, in a healthy way. Um, the Jew, on the other hand, that should come naturally to a Jew. The problem is it doesn't, we see, because we've been caught up in so much hum humanness. You know, we've been in Gullus for so long with all with, with human beings that we've become alienated from our natural self in many ways. But the natural, a, a, a factory, you know, out of the factory default human, uh, Jew, the human element of him or her appreciates another human being already. So that's obviously not your purpose in the world. So what's your purpose? The purpose of the Jew is to come to an appreciation of the Rabboni Shloylem, that the Rabboni Shloylem should eventually become more real to you than you are to yourself. So the non-Jew is striving to make human beings more real to him or herself than he, him or her, he is to himself or she is to herself. The Jew, who naturally should be experiencing that at some level, the, the purpose of the Jew is to make Hashem 
more real to him or herself than he is or she is to him or herself. Okay, very clear, yeah? That's that's the difference between the, the Jew and the non-Jew. And then we went on, that was basically class seven. Class eight was understanding what it means by being the chosen people. And this is a very, I mean, I can imagine, ask a hundred Jews what it means that we're the chosen people, and you'll, you'll be pushed to find any real good answers from anyone. It's a very elusive, what does it mean with a chosen people? A chosen for what? And chosen from what? But how did he choose us? So the chosen people, the way I've learned this from my Rebbe, is a very different idea than than what I always thought it was. The idea of choice, so you have to make a distinction between Bechira and Bechira Chofshis, between choice and free choice. Because on a certain level, an animal has the ability to choose. Like an animal can choose between eating this food and eating that food. Put two different bowls of food in front of your cat and you'll see the cat will look at that and go, no, you know, go and eat the other one. So an animal can also choose. So what's the difference between choice and free choice? And it's really in the words. Free choice means you're really free to choose. You're not compelled. It's about you. It's not about it. That's what choice is. So choice being about it means you've got a choice between like we, the the we, you know the the marshal we've always given is uh, someone offers you the choice between taking a $100 bill and a $10 bill do you have a choice you don't have a choice you're compelled by your intellect to take the $100 bill the $100 bill is making you take it you've got no option really you're compelled. Now we can make it more complicated. Like let's say now it's between a hundred dollar bill and ninety dollars in in coins. Now it's not so clear cut, but it's the same thing. You have to. I would probably go. Sorry, the other way. If it was a hundred dollars in coins and ninety dollars in notes, yeah, I could imagine I'd probably take the ninety dollars in notes. Yeah, like who wants a hundred dollars in coins and you know for $10 as well. So, so everyone's going to be making a cheshbon, but it's the same thing. Some people, you know, a very, very poor person, again, that would be no choice. A very, very poor person is like, what are you talking about? I'm schlep 100. I'm not going to pay $10 to not schlep around a bunch of coins. Yeah? Whereas somebody who's got more money would be, well, you know, my cheshbon is. That's not free choice. That's called shikaladas. That's called choice, not free choice. That's a very human thing. It's it's a very intelligent thing. So animals who have a rudimentary level of intelligence, they also are privy to that, that level. But a human being um, is not privy to free choice. Now, by understanding free choice, we understand what it means by we're the chosen people. So free choice, a good like moshal, it's not really a moshal, like a, whatever you call it, is... When I've gone to, I, I asked somebody to give me his, a, a 20 shekel bill. He gave me his 20 shekel bill. I turned around. I pulled out my own 20 shekel bill from my pocket. And I went to him like this. And I said, here, choose one. 
and it was two 20 shekel bills. And his brain, it's funny to do such a thing. His brain kind of shorted and he, he he didn't know what to do. He was like frozen. And I looked at him and said, by the way, this one is, is yours. And immediately he took his one back. It's just a muscle. But free choice means it's about you, not about it. It's something about you that you see in it. So you're choosing yourself. That's, that's what free choice means. It's about you. It's not about it. Because those 20, 20 shekel bills, this guy was compelled to take his one back. But then I turn around to you and I say, here, take one. You, you'll, you'll do something to try and choose one from the other. The other guy, once he knew which one was his, that was, that was it. And that's what it means, the chosen people. The chosen people means not that he chose us because we were cleverer, because we were more humble, because we were more beautiful, because we were richer, because we were funnier, nothing like that at all. Him choosing us meant that he saw himself in us. That was the choice. The neshama got given originally to, well, it got given really to Avram Avina, uh, to, to, to Adam Arishon, and it went down to um, Hevel, and through Mishusalach and through Hanoich and through a whole 10 generations went to Noyach, but none of them really had it. Yeah, it wasn't theirs. Then Avraham got the Neshama and he really worked hard to serve Hashem on a human level. And because he worked so hard, Hashem made it that him and the Neshama actually merged and they became one. And then it got even more with Yitzhak, and then even more with Yaakov to the point where all of Yaakov's children were Jewish. Yitzhak's, Yitzhak also had Esav, yeah, and Avram and Ishmael. At that point, that meant that the Jewish neshama had become merged, completely merged now with the Yid, with the person. And it was at Matan Torah that Hashem saw that. So when it says he chose us, it's not really that he chose us. It's more like he chose himself. It was him in us. That's what it means with the chosen people. That we are, like we said earlier, that the Yidden are the, the bridge between creator and creation. We are the glue that holds them together because we've got, like, in a sense, you could say we've got our feet on the ground and our head in the clouds, or you've got one foot in creation and one foot in creator, however you want to de define it. But that's what it means that he chose in us, that we have a piece of him. Not that we're better than anyone or nicer or kinder or funnier. That might also be true as well. But that's not what it meant that he chose us. Choosing us is much deeper than it's a, a funny story. My wife just went to a wedding. An older girl just got married. She was about 41, 42, something like that. And this woman's from Manchester and uh, Manchester in England. And um, they're very real, lovely people in Manchester. And my wife comes up to the mother and she says, you know, your daughter is just, uh, I, she's wonderful. Imagine, you'd say the same thing. She's wonderful. I love her. She, yeah, etc. You know what the mother said to her? She said, I, I mean, she's my daughter, so I love her, but what, what's so special about her? That's what she said. I thought it was wonderful. 
It was so, it was amazing. What an amazing thing for a mother to say. I love her because she's my daughter. It's not because she's special. It's not because she can do tricks, you know, like a dog. It's not like she's she's got something, you know, it, it, that's, okay, maybe she does. Maybe she doesn't. I don't care. You hear the, the beauty of that statement? It's, you know, my wife was kind of shocked when she said it to me. I like, I smiled so profoundly, like, wow, that's so lovely. A mother loves her child because she's her daughter. And like, and she thinks she's like a normal person, but I love her because she's my daughter. That's like what it is. That's really like our relationship with the show. Like it could be, we're also very impressive. That could also be, but that's not what it's about. What you love your impressive children more than your less impressive children. How's the show? It's not about qualities. It's about the person. Yeah, that's that's our relationship. That's Amisrael's relationship with the bunch. And that's being called the chosen people. Okay, class nine. What is Torah and mitzvahs? What is Torah? Anyone can answer that question in one word? Or in two words? His will and his wisdom. But primarily we'll call it his will. It's what he wants. That's what Torah is. So... The way that we understand it in Fasidus is that Hashem wants his mitzvahs like you want to live. Your desire to live is not predicated on any on any reason. It just is. And that's analogous, so to speak, to Hashem's desire for mitzvahs. It's not, there's no reason. They're beyond, they're well beyond reason. Just like we want to live, the Rabbi Shalom wants his mitzvahs. And the Torah is his rutson, his will, basically revealed to us. That's what it is. So I'm just going to show you, have a, I'm going to show you the, I actually, since our class, I, added, I did something extra on my own. Um, um, yeah, so everyone remember this thing that we did here? Yeah, so this is Yankee up here. Yankee's first will is to live. That's really everything that he, that's him. He wants to live. Now his mind has transformed that desire to live into three like we call that intelligent wills. These have a reason. What's the reason why he values time? Anyone can answer that question. What's the reason why Yankee values time? Because he wants to live. Yeah, exactly. Because he values, because he wants to live. And he has somehow, because of his nature, nurture, whatever, he's come to the conclusion that being careful with time is equal to life and health and education. Now they, these intelligent wills get converted into values because just caring about time, that's a bit like abstract, a bit, you know, um, touchy feely. Yeah. So that becomes, um, um, that like transforms, so to speak, comes in close in values. Okay. Now 
these are things that can express themselves as behaviors. Okay. Now I did this, you didn't see this, but this is one that I made in the same sense, but a little bit more holy. Okay, so instead of Yankee, we have a Shem. Okay, what does a Shem want? A Shem wants Yichud. I made this up, so I don't know if it's true, but it might be. Okay, a Shem wants Yichud. That that he's he's about Achdus. He that's all he wants. He just wants Achdus. He's a big Hever man, Mamash. Okay, he wants Achdus. Yeah, now that becomes Shalom, MS, and Din. Okay, like it says in the Mishnah, the Oilam is Oimed on three things. Shalom, MS, and Din. Um, and now these three things, I've again, this is my my own creation. I kind of stimmed them with the um with the Aseris Adibus. Okay, so under MS came um, don't take his name in vain, Anoichi Hashem, no idolatry, and honor your parents. Under Shalom is don't covet, uh, don't commit adultery and remember Shabbos. Under Din is um, don't lie, don't steal, don't kill, okay? And now all of these, the Ten Commandments, I, I mean, I've written it here as one thing, but they all branch off into the Tayag Mitzvahs. And the Tayag Mitzvahs branch off into endless, endless uh, halachas and minhagim and, and gazeras and, and takanas, v'chuleh v'chuleh. Are you with me? So these are the mitzvahs. So now the difference between Yankee here and Hashem here, this is very important. This is the main difference, is that Yankee is a creation, yeah? And as such, his experience is in relation to creation. Because there's such a thing as time and there's such a thing as health and there's such a thing as education, Yankee thinks that that's life. So therefore, there's another thing in creation called planning and acting with efficiency, exercise, diet, and teaching. Another thing that he's now incorporated into his outlook, etc., and that turns into all these behaviors. But by Hashem, it works the exact opposite round, the exact opposite way round. Because he wants Yichud, that, so to speak, creates Shalom, MS, and Din. And that, in turn, creates, so to speak, the Ten Commandments. And that, in turn, creates, so to speak, the 613 mitzvahs. And the 613 mitzvahs create the world. Meaning, the reason why there's grass is because we need cows for tefillin and we need to eat meat on Yom Tov. The reason why there's a moon is so that we can have Rosh Chodesh and we can have Pesach in its time. The reason why there's sea is so that there can be fish so we have something to eat, so we can eat fish on Shabbos. Yeah, the, re the reason why the world looks as it does is because of the mitzvahs. With Yankee, this was all a, um, a reaction to the world. In a Shem, the world is a reaction to this chart. You with me? And that's what it means when Chazal said, He gazed into the Torah and created the world.
That's exactly what it means. Okay? Is that clear? Okay. Um, so he just said to get it clear, what's more hosh of Torah or mitzvahs? And the answer is oh, the answer is that learning Torah is more hosh because it brings you to mitzvahs. <laughs> Which really means mitzvahs are more hosh That's what Chazal said. So we the, the analogy is, and this is a really good analogy that we said, your father loves to hear you sing. And he sits down and he tells you about that certain song that you sing and the way you do that little bit and the way when you say it over here and the way you look when you say it and Bukhula, and he's telling you all these things. And he's got his arm around you and you're, you're feeling very, uh, very close with him. And it's a very special experience as he's telling you how much he loves to hear you sing as opposed to you actually singing when he might not even be here. You might be doing it into a microphone for him, into a recorder for him to listen to later. What's the, what's the greater experience for you? Obviously, having your father telling you about, about how much he loves to hear you sing. That's more for you. The singing is for him. And that's the difference in tone mitzvahs. Learning Torah is like having your father telling you exactly what he loves. Doing mitzvahs is doing it. You're doing what he loves. He also loves you to learn. He also wants you to learn. So there's a mitzvah there as well. So that's very choshev, very choshev. But, but that, that's the difference between Torah and mitzvahs. Is Torah, so to speak, is listening to Hashem's ratzon. And mitzvahs is fulfilling his ratzon. And that's really the deepest connection we have with anyone. The deepest connection you have with anyone is when you fulfill their ratzon. Okay, moving right along. Class 10. Divine unity and God's dwelling below. Yeah, That's the purpose of creation. That he had a, a desire a unreasonable not not sublogical but super logical reason well super logical above reason that he wanted to dwell in the lowest realms which is this world that we experience with our senses that's where he wants to come to okay what what does it mean divine what does it mean Hashem Echad we say Hashem Echad that refers to what we call Yehuda Ilah, which means the higher unity. And that is basically like the unity of white light. Within white light, I mean, a good example is the screen that you're looking at right now. Yeah, You know what it's composed of? It's, it's basically a, a, a massive white light. Yeah. And then in front of that white light is this layer of pixels which is loads and loads of colored, loads and loads of colored little squares that change color. And we know that when you put a filter in front of white light, what it does is it blocks out all the other colors. Within white light is comprised all the colors of the, of the, of the spectrum. That's a rainbow. A rainbow is that the sun, which is white light, 
refracts off of the the water and it it splits into the spectrum of all the colors of the rainbow because white light is composed of all the colors of the rainbow that's what white light is it's completely one but within it it has all the colors of the rainbow so now when you put a filter in front of that white light that filter stops all the other colors in the white light and that blue filter will allow just the blue light to go through. So when you have a blue filter allowing the blue element of the white light to go through, and then you put a green, uh, then you put a red filter in front of the blue filter, what will happen? No light will come through because the blue blocked out all of the other colors, including the red. The red blocks out the blue, but there's nothing left. So it's finished. No more light. So within white light, you have everything. So when you're looking at your screen and you're seeing me and all the different colors and et cetera, really all of that is within the white light in potential. You with me? It's just every time you look at a picture, wherever there's a color that you see, that little pixel is blocking all of the other colors of light. So within the white light, if you were to rip away the, the, the film of the, uh, the, the, like the layer of the pixels, there would just be a big white light. And in truth, every single image you could ever see exists within that white light. A hundred percent. It's not like some kind of like, you know, spooky, mystical idea. Lemaissa. Every single image that you could ever see on your screen exists within that white light. That's Yehuda Ilah. Just one. This whole world is non-existent in Yehuda Ilah. It's just, there's just one, yeah? Now there's also Yehuda Tata, the lower unity, which is Bukhshen Kuramahusalem word. And that we can describe as organizational unity. Organizational unity, and for that we have we have another little graphic to look at. One moment. Everybody remembers this guy here? Yeah, with Alphabet and Google and YouTube, technical support, data management solutions, data processing and analytics faculty, user behavior, yeah, personnel, Gary, and then we went down to digestive system, mouth, tongue, taste buds, taste receptors, taste cells, nucleus, down to oxygen atoms, down to electrons, yeah? And then on the other way, on the other side, we went up again, yeah, to Alphabet is with Apple and Amazon, Microsoft, they're part of the Department of Commerce, which is part of the United States. And then eventually it's all gonna be under Melech Mashiach, with the Melech Malachim Malachim, HaKadosh Baruch that's why it's called Melech Malachim Malachim, the king of kings of kings. Why don't you just call him Melech Malachim, the king of kings? That's how you translate it. But the actual translation, the true translation, is the king of kings of kings. Yeah, that's referring to this. Exactly the idea. That's called Yehuda Tatar. That's the lower level unity. It's when it, it's organizational unity. It's when the world is working as it's meant to be working as a finely tuned, finely oiled, 
um, um, what's the word? Um, cohesive organism. And that is called one. That is a unity. Just like your body, you are one. But when you think about it, your body, your body is one. But your body is made up of all these different limbs and organs and systems. And then, well, then your heart is one. Yeah, but your heart is made of the, these different fibers and muscles and valves. And well, then that valve is one, but that's made up of different sinews and cells and etc. So that there's a level, there's a unity on each level. And it's always part of a multiplicity. That's really what Hashem is, is about. He's about making the multiplicity a unity. In the in the in the way in the Russian of Hasidus, we call that turning the Rishusa Rabbim into a Rishusa Yachid, the public domain Rabbim, which means multiplicity, into a Rishusa Yachid means Yachid private, but means into a Yichud, into a unity. Hashem Mamash is is all about unity. You can see from Chazal, it says over and over. He says, as long as I'm Yisrael or one with, if we're all one, he'll he's he's mavata on an avodah He would rather us all be one and be over the avodah than the opposite. That's how much he cares about unity. That's why I wrote in that in that picture Yichud at the top of that thing. That's Yichud Elam Yichud Tatar. Okay, so. Being a dear remember we said, what is it that makes you feel comfortable in someone's house? Remember we spoke about how it would be you could visit someone's house and feel uncomfortable? If like when you come in, they're like, just make sure you take your shoes off and don't go in that room, please. And and please don't help yourself to the food. If you want something, ask me, I'll come and I'll help you, yeah? You're all of a sudden, you'll feel horrible. You won't feel comfortable, why? Because they are more real to themselves than you are. When, when someone comes into your house and you say to them, guys, or whatever it is, this is your house. Yeah, you do as you wish. Take whatever you want. Make yourself mamash at home. That's called making yourself at home. Make yourself at home means help yourself. This is your house. That's what we mean by make yourself at home. That's what it means. Is becoming hospitable to Hashem. He made this world. He gave it to us, and now he's knocking on the door to ask to be a guest. That's basically how it works. And the more real he is to you, the more the more you, so to speak, invite him in, that's the Dira B'Tachtonim. So Dira B'Tachtonim is really referring to a marriage. That's what Dira means. Dira does not mean like a, a dormitory. It means a home. It means a home. And that is the reason why Yichud Hashem and Dira B'Tachtoinim are basically the same idea. Why? Because in marriage, it's not that your husband is the best guy. Your husband is the only guy. There is no other man in the world. That's how it's meant to be. Not that he's better than every other man. Yeah, that's irrelevant. He might be better, he might be worse. That's not the point. There is no other man. Just like a man, there's no other woman. That's a real marriage. So Yichud Hashem and Dira B'Tachtonim is the same idea. The more you get it into your mind, into your heart, that your husband is the only man, he's one. 
there's all that that's all there is yeah then the more he becomes real to you and the more the relationship becomes a real relationship and then he feels comfortable and vice versa he does the same for you and you feel comfortable and that's a relationship and that's what it means so the idea of getting really clear on Hashem's unity and having a place for Hashem in the lower realms is the same thing it's not much the same idea is that clear? okay and to finish off the last thing is basically we discussed really what was it the Baal Shem Tov brought to the world. And remember, none of this stuff is is uh, is Hasidus. Nothing. And like I've said many times, I've met I've met guys with trimmed beards without payers who are much more Hasidic than guys with, you know, even with soup in their beards and the crusty payers and the whole thing. Yeah. I've met guys without beards who are much more Hasidic than that. Yeah, it's really nothing at all to do with calling yourself a this chassid or a that chassid. Nothing at all. In fact, that could very many, in many ways, be the exact opposite of chassidus. In many ways, the exact opposite. Um, chassidus, we said, is essence. Remember, we spoke about the idea of your shame, your name, and your essence. There's you, and there's all the stuff that you have and all the stuff that you do. Yeah? The you is you can't talk about that there's nothing to talk about there's the way to say it is there's no thing to talk about you are no thing your body's a thing your car's a thing your intellect is a thing your emotions are things all of this stuff is things or everything else is things you are not a thing you're a person and you can't talk about that you're a being. There's no you there's nothing to say. Nothing to say about that. It's like a shem in a sense. Hasidus is relating to yourself through all of that's why that's why the Baal Shem Tov is called the Baal Shem Tov. Remember, Tov means transparent or surrendered or selfless, whatever. He was the Baal Shem Tov. His shame, everything about him had just become completely transparent to who he was that's called that means that your insides are like your outside that means we see you are that that you know that just means you're mamish authentic you know what you know how amazing it is when you when you come across a genuinely authentic person they leave such a sweet taste in your mouth you're so inspired or or you could feel very um, um, inferior or something like that to a real, genuinely authentic person. Yeah, that that's that's what we're talking about. That's that's really what the Baal Shem Tov is bringing to the world. The, the the ultimate level of authenticity, the ultimate level of of essence, relating to essence, and that's how we're meant to relate to Hashem. That's what the Baal Shem Tov brought to the world with the relationship to Hashem on the level of essence, on the level of who he really is. Not that he's the greatest, not that he's all-knowing and all-powerful and infinite and all this stuff. It's just that he is. That's who you have the relationship with. And that's really called Lishma. Lishma means that you've gone beyond all things. And remember what we compared that to? 
that old couple, you know, like your older Bubby and Zadie, 70, 80, 90 years old, and they're sitting there after 70 years of marriage, and he's doing the crossword, and she's doing the knitting, yeah? And they're sitting there, and they're absolutely one. They're absolutely one. And they don't have to be, there's no fireworks, there's no romance left, there's no even physical element probably left anymore, but their mum's one. And we gave the story. This is the this is the this is the reason why the Baal Shem Tov and a lot and a lot of the tzaddikim they used to love the uh, they used to love the um, the simple yidden so deeply. And there's loads of stories about how they would um, um, how they would uh, uh, you know like be with all the like the simple peasant yidden and like leave all the big you know, Talmud Echachomim and Tzaddikim, they would, they would spend more time with the Pashat Yidin. Yeah, why? Because in the Pashat Yid, there is no pre pretension. There's nothing pretentious. It, it's real. Why are you doing the mitzvah? It's what's in Hashem. Not because there's these big ideas and I'm being miyached, you know, Malchus with Yisoid and we're bringing down the Gimel Hasadim with the Gevuras and, and, and there's a, you know, Hashpah going up into Atsilas and it, no way. Why is it in the midst? It's what's in Hashem. It's not, it's not about me. It's about, it's just, and, and that, that is not that a big Tzaddik can't do that. He can for sure. But by the simple yid, it's much, much easier to see. And we gave the story about Rav Manis, my, my Rebbe spoke about on Pesach with the uh, with the guy, remember with the with the rice breads. There was no matzo. He just found it was Pesach. It was COVID. It was COVID, and he just found it was it was uh, it was um, it was Pesach, and he ha he just had to do something. He had to make some kind of sailor. So he found three rice breads. He found an old bottle of wine. He poured himself the four glasses. He read the Haggadah. A completely irreligious Jew. And my Rebbe said that was for sure, without question, the holiest Seder in the world of that year. That's how he said it. That was a Yid doing a mitzvah, not out of rote, not out of religious obligation, out of his Jewishness, out of the fact that he, he's a Jew. That was it. Like uh, my Rebbe told me well, uh, also one time, a Yid came up to him and said, Rabbi, if you can give me one reason to keep kosher, I'll keep kosher. I told you this. You know what he said? Imagine being put on the spot like that. A youth comes up to you and says, give me one reason to keep kosher and I'll keep kosher for the rest of my life. And Rabbi Manis said, because you're Jewish. <laughs> and he was masking me. He started keeping kosher. Why do you keep kosher? Because you're Jewish. Jews keep kosher. That's it. We keep kosher. We're Jewish. That was it. And I'll just finish off. I didn't say this last time, but this is the whole union of B'nai Aliyah. I don't know if you even know that the, the organization that I'm, that, I mean, it's not really much of an organization right now, but um, one minute, let me just show you our logo because I didn't know what the logo, I didn't know, um, one minute. I designed the logo. I like designing logos. It's like I have, fun from doing that kind of thing a moment so this is the logo did you see the logo for Benelia do you know what I'm talking about 
With a bird? Yeah. So when I was designing the logo, this came up. I mean, I made it. And I just knew this was the logo for Benea Leah. I knew it so deeply. And then this guy that I know came and said, why don't you make it a white? But, and I couldn't care less what he said. I just, I knew this in my kishkas that this was the logo for this organization. And I didn't know why. I push it, didn't know why. I just knew it was the logo. Can you think, can anyone tell me anything about this logo? What do you see here? Can you speak about this in any way? Let me give you, let me give you a little, go on, say, say something. And then I'll give you a little, a little Pesach in maybe. The fire. Yeah. Okay, go, go ahead. ahead. <laughs> now you go. <laughs> the fire is Hashem. The bird is Ayid. And the, and the, and the leaf is, is a mitzvah. Okay, nice. That's not, that's not where I was coming from. I mean, I, again, I didn't, I didn't come up with it. it, it I, as I saw it, I didn't. Mrs. Abramov, you have a, you have a thought. Yeah, I don't know the the flame. Like you think that's the flame of you know the the spark, the Jewish spark inside of us, and the the bird to me seems like you're going up because they fly, um, and I don't know the branch just reminds me of like Noah, but I don't really know where that where how that fits in. Okay, so it's nothing like either what you said. But this is good. <laughs> but you'll appreciate this. You remember we spoke about the eye. You remember the uh, the muscle of the eye, and the iris is the the name, and the black in the middle, the pupil, is the person. Yeah, that's shame and etzen. That's name and essence. Yeah. So the fire in the background corresponds to the iris. But in this picture, the, 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 the pupil has released itself from the iris. The black is formed as a bird. The, 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 the olive thing is a, is a, uh, is a, a red herring. Yeah, that, that's not, but it's, 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 an, it's a dove. Why? Because doves are known to have the relationship. And that's what that's that's the that this was the message the Baal Shem Tov, the the putting the essence beyond the name that the name becomes secondary and the essence the pupil becomes primary, and it's the pupil it's the pupil that has the relationship, that's where the relationship is. So the 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 imagery is that the black dove is the pupil releasing itself and becoming Ica, not but as it's normally it's very secondary to the iris when you look in someone's eyes you're always looking at the color of their eyes and the, and the pattern within their eyes etc yeah but the message of this is exactly what we've just ended up here is is that old couple where the being has become primary and the and the name has become secondary everything about you has become very, very secondary, and you have become very, very primary. And that's where we are. That's our final, that's our final destination, destination is Yidden, is, is that relationship with Rabboina Shalom. We have now matured and gotten to this place where it's like, you know, he's there doing the crossword, we're there doing the sewing and the knitting. 
and we're just sitting there with each other. And that's taken 3,335 and a half years to uh, to get us to this point now. So we should think that we are the lowest of generations. Even thinking in the in the thinking the idea of generations is already a massive concession. There aren't generations. Am Yisrael is one. We're a, we're a, we are a nation, just like we're one in body. All of us together right now, we're like one person. Throughout time as well, we're one person. So we've just been maturing and maturing. We're not better than any previous generations. We are just the product of previous generations, just like you're the product of the 15-year-old girl that you were once, and then the 25-year-old woman that you were once, and then the 35-year-old woman that you were once, and now you're a product of that. So too, we're a product of all the of all the generations that came before us. So it's not like there's, it's not we're comparing to anyone to anyone else, but that's where we're holding right now. And that means that we're able to serve Hashem Lishma, because that is Lishma, when you're not doing it for anything Nothing, it's not about the name, it's about him. And that's Lishma. Okay, look, next week, we're going to do a review of the entire course. So this part we just did, we're going to go through it again, but much quicker, like half the speed, half the time. And I'm going to do it as a, um, I'm going to create, before I give the class, I'm going to create a multiple choice quiz, test, exam, whatever you want to call it, whatever turns you on and you will um you will if i i would appreciate it if you do the if you do the test you'll hopefully enjoy it and all the answers will be given in the class so you'll be able to if you wanted to watch the class again and do it and you'll have i, I will prepare the class according to the test so you can do that and and you'll get a, a nice certificate as well so that's the uh that's the goal but anyway square for uh, joining us on this journey it's been really, uh, it's been fun for me as well. Thank you so much. When is Thank the next you very much. Sorry, say again. When is the next class? Yeah, I will let you know. It's not, I also, Mrs. Abraham, can you just, can you send me your email? Or just tell me, what is your email? One second. Let me just... 